Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we kick back, relax, and talk about that real primo show, The Golden Girls. (laughs) (laughs) Primo is what he says. It's a real word. It's a real word. (laughs) It's true. I'm Lauren. (laughs) And I'm Sarah. (laughs) We're going to keep this all in. And today we're tackling the 38th episode in the series, The Stan Who Came to Dinner. Ah, yeah. 38th episode. That's 38 years of marriage. Oh my god, yes. One for every year they were married. Exactly. How perfect is that? Um, This one is, as as always, funny because it's always funny when Stan's around, but at the same time, this is like him at his worst. (laughs) Him at his absolute, just like, this episode is just caring women and not just Dorothy, like all of the women taking care of a shitty dude. <laughs> and it and, irritates me. <laughs> yeah, no, I could understand that. And it is, um, it is Stan, right? Like even yeah. when he is redeemable and, and we come to love him, he's still a yeah. It's like, there's a reason that Sophia, Correct. you know, and Dorothy have these feelings about him. And it's not just because they're divorced. It's because he was, terrible the whole time so right um yeah i think i think it's a little bit of his true colors and it, you know we we grow to love him anyway but he disappoints us <laughs> yeah you're right this is this is kind of the episode where all of his bad qualities are really laid bare honestly and specifically the taking advantage of other people and i i just know so many guys i know so many people like this but also mostly guys and just like mostly like just like I, I don't know how to get to the next step. So I need to mooch, you know, and like, that's all he's ever really known. Um, and as we talked about, I think like the last time we, you know, we saw him was when he's in the hotel room getting his laundry done by the hotel staff, you know, until he takes back his, uh, his, uh, you know, teeter totter wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Sam's a loser. Like yeah. he, he's a gross guy. And it, but I think you're totally right. Like, I feel like they're often, um, you know, like, it is usually those genders. Like, it's usually, like, um, a lazy, like, deadbeat guy and a woman who loves him. And so is there women who love him and, and are stuck, like, dealing with that and shouldering the burden because, like, he doesn't ever have to change. And, like, that's the thing with Stan is, like, he's never had to change and he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to appreciate anything that is being done for him because... Dorothy and Sophia are both so good that they're going to continue to do it anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And it's different too, because it's not, it's not the same Dorothy as when they were married, where she felt that kind of a sense of obligation. Um, but it is still the obligation because they are moral people and it's still, you know, she was still married to him for 38 years. They still have children together. Like he's obviously part of their, their lives and that's why they ultimately make the decision. But, right. and but anyway, we're getting ahead says. of ourselves. Yes, yeah, yeah we totally are. And um, <laughs> but anyway, it's a good thing that we started talking about Sophia because I want to sort of open with that because we we open with her and I I'm not totally sure, but I think she might have a beer. Like she has a can <laughs> of something. She's sitting and like sitting on the couch, and um, the doorbell rings and like somebody asks her to answer it, and in in you know like so typical Sophia fashion, she's like, "Oh sure, I've sat down you know three four times today," which. Is kind of a lot, so I don't quite get that. And then she's like, I'll answer the door and then I'll hot tar the room. And it is so, so fucking funny. And it makes me laugh every single time because it's said with such genuine, like, emotion and, and such emphasis that... She really means it, you yeah. know? It's so absurd. You're like, there's just roses like stuff and a chicken and the other two are getting ready for their dates. 
just open the door and she's like oh my god it was <laughs> perfect grandma you know <laughs> perfect snarky <laughs> grandma but again like and then it's right out of the gate with just like her witticisms right like so the two terrible actors that are uh <laughs> identical twins rob and bob because their parents hated them they're both um, named robert <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly no it's robert and bobber right yeah um she just immediately goes tell me how many of me do you see <laughs> yeah and, and then, then yeah go ahead. no this is, so this is you know one of those things where it's like the one two like we think we got the joke and then right. the real joke is like Oh, I guess she's back on the vitamins. So why didn't you say you know for plants? Exactly so. what I was gonna say. <laughs> it's so perfect. I guess she's back on the vitamins. Come in. Like it's just it is an under it's actually like not only is that the second beat of the joke that you're not expecting, but she says it under her breath. Like and it's very easy to miss. It's wonderful. Um and then also like, oh my god, these like stiff acting dudes. I guess it's really hard to like come by uh, you know, identical twins that are good actors, I guess, at this time in Hollywood. <laughs> of a certain age, who knows? Um, but uh he's like, You didn't tell me your roommate was Grandma Moses. I don't understand <laughs> why that's a joke other than the fact that she's a grandma. Like Grandma Moses was like the artist lady, right? Yeah, I think it's just because she was supposed to be going out with the brother, and they were like, "Oh, he was right. like, he's yeah. like, oh, is this my date? Right? Got yeah. it. <laughs> the woman who couldn't answer the door." <laughs> Okay, I thought it was just a quip, like, of just, like, oh, you didn't tell me your roommate was old. Yeah. And like, okay, okay. What, what's the deal? What's the deal? <laughs> Terrible. But, yeah. yeah, so we get past them. It's painful to hear them talk. It's fine. Um, and then the Yutz shows up, and he immediately starts saying doll face and shit like that. And just gets on my nerves. So gross. And also, um, like, how Sophia says the vitamins joke under her breath when Stan comes in Blanche is like trying to breeze over introducing him and she's like this is Stan Dorothy's ex-husband biggest loser you ever see hi Stan <laughs> <laughs> and then she's just like hi Blanche you know and so yeah. it's it's great like oh he, I think that's he actually when he job. says hi doll face yeah yeah, yeah oh no, probably, like he just responds but it's like it's another it's so so <laughs> subtle but it's really digging so it's it's really funny perfect undercut oh my god I also noted that Dorothy says to him when she's like, oh, when you're going to show up, like she says, and in future, when you show up, <laughs> like, like the Brits say, you yeah. know, like it, when you, when you go to hospital and to <laughs> like, you know, I'm uni at uni. Um, anyway, the, uh, I thought that was like a very funny, like writing and in the future. When you, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so proper. I mean, she is an English teacher mm-hmm. after all. So. Um, also, would you go see Merv Griffin in The Crucible? Okay, I also wrote that down. I was like, what, is he, what part is he playing? I see I John Proctor, which is, that's a, that's a bad casting. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. Fun fact about Merv Griffin, um, aforementioned uh, wacky family member, one of my cousins, um, and by aforementioned, I mean like probably every other episode I talk about my wacky extended family from New Jersey, but uh my one uh, cousin, my mother's age, my mother's cousin, um, is so just trivia-centric, but only for, like, a very particular era of, like, particular pop culture. And one of those is obviously uh, during the era of Merv Griffin. And um, my, my husband, Dennis, had said something. Dennis is, like, the perfect example of, like, a guy who can't really do the culture on the crossword puzzles. Like, he knows <laughs> no one. He knows 
nobody he doesn't know song lyrics even to his favorite songs like it's just not a culture <laughs> guy like that and he asked who's merv griffin i guess when my cousin mentioned this sometime and he lost his shit he was just like <laughs> you don't know who merv griffin is how can you not know merv griffin and he was looking at me like you know who he is i was like yeah but like i only know who he is from like a seinfeld episode maybe and then the game show you know like network and all this stuff it's like it's actually not that weird it's not like he said he didn't hurt hear of jfk or something but it was really funny and my so my dad got the uh got dennis the merv griffin biography for christmas (laughs) (laughs) um isn't merv griffin on an episode and isn't he in the jeopardy one Oh shit! He is. You're yeah. right. Oh I my think gosh. that's how I knew how he, who he was. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. I'll have to show Dennis that one, like pronto. That's a so, good one. Yeah. Exactly. Um, anyway, that's an aside. But uh, <laughs> Blanche is, you know, like contemplating the the uh, hooking up with both <laughs> twins. Which is really funny. And then you have, like, I actually really love that, like, Stan is, like, being a perv. And he's like, hey, hang on a second. Finish this thought, Blanche. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's funny. And that's, like, a, you know, an example of how his character is always kind of gross. Like, he's so, yeah. which is a, a real nod to the actor. Because Stan, we shouldn't ever really have nice feelings about Stan. But somehow the writing and the acting is able to bring us, the audience, I think, to a place of like where Dorothy and Sophia are, where they yeah. have this like love for him because he's been around so much and, and you know, whatever, but he is a big yutz. He's a big yutz, but he's a charmer. And that's yeah. like, again, like Herb Edelman, like that's how he just plays him so well on that balance point. And again, I think a lot of, <laughs> it's very relatable. A lot of people like Stan do get by and the, are the way that they are because they have a certain amount of charm. And you're just like, fuck why am I helping you again you know like you realize you kind of get like pushed into this little like zone with these people and you're just like oh my god I totally just helped you again like how did I fall for it again but it's just like oh maybe you just have turn on the charm even if you're you know being pervy like overhearing uh your ex-wife's roommate's fantasy about about menage a trois yeah some people would say that your ex-wife's roommate is partially to blame for for saying it out loud in a room full of people but whatever (laughs) very fair very fair but yeah so he needs to get cut up you know the cat who's gonna cut him is primo um i really love the uh you know (laughs) sophia's like i'm not even really concerned you know like it's she's just like oh well so get some bagels you go to wolfie's it sounds great you know um get some bagels an assortment but this scene where, you know, like, Dorothy is obviously, like, talking with him about this. It's really serious. Like, you know, again, she's helping him out. And Sophia walks in in the middle of the conversation, obviously, talking about bagels and things like that. And then immediately just starts dishing out the advice and, like, like firing off, like, the orders, right? And in a good way. In a way where she doesn't even, you know, she has, like, a funny quip and then immediately sits down and she's like, who's going to take care of you? You know? And he's like, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. She's like, well, think about it. You live alone and no one likes you (laughs) just immediately. And then she's just like, you'll stay here. Like this is happening. This is the hard part. I've been through this. It's, it's done. Right. Like she just, it's amazing. Like the way that she handles that is it's brilliant writing too, because it's really the way that her type of character, she's always joking, but when it's actually time to get serious, like she knows exactly what to do. Yeah, no, and I think that um, the Dorothy and Stan conversation kind of really benefits from having that because 
he, I think, with just Dorothy, is is a little bit trying to, like, it, it's pretty transparent, but I feel like he's trying to, like, put on a brave face, and then she's like, oh, yeah. don't talk like Sammy Davis Jr., you know, like, I'm trying to, like, really get to it, and I think right. Sophia enables him to do that in a way that is, like, immediate, like, whereas with Dorothy, I think it would require a little bit of, like, whittling that that you know like that affront yeah. down and um i didn't even think of that and that's actually the aforementioned charm i was talking about right like you you might quote unquote charm your ex-mother-in-law but you're gonna obviously lay it on thicker with your yeah. ex-wife yeah yeah and i think that they have that relationship throughout actually because like dorothy really rags or um sophia really rags on him a lot but there is you know, like, you can see that there is some sort of bond there, which um, they do a great job with, uh, you know, sort of making that unspoken. Yeah, exactly. And I, she feels a certain amount of responsibility for him, too, right? I mean, it's the same It's the same thing you were saying earlier, of just, like, they have a fondness for him, but they also have this moral obligation where it's like, this is the right thing to do. Just like burying Mrs. Claxton, you know? Right. <laughs> you gotta show yeah. the guy up, the big guy upstairs that you care for human life, <laughs> even if it is a yutz um but also like from a personal level you know you are aware i i have helped my husband through heart surgery recovery and having done that i cannot imagine doing this for someone you resent yeah <laughs> i mean I, what I a dickhole and i mean it's like it's <laughs> it's just like you know obviously we, we we skip into the future and it's they've been doing this forever and you can see everyone fraying at the edges and again as we mentioned before uh, numerous times about how the girls are just like, well, we're all family. So like wh- whoever's family it is doesn't matter. Like we're here to just support. But like if you were Blanche and Rose, oh my God, you're just like this fucking guy. <laughs> you know, like it's like, it's va- way different if it was Dorothy's kid or like somebody else that they liked. But it's just like, it's so, it's hard enough to like take care of somebody that long who's such a drain on you and who actually expects you the roommates to take care of him too and do laundry and like all this other stuff. But man, I, I just also love it. Like he makes Rose lose her shit. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> and I mean, also talking about the physical work of taking care of somebody, but the emotional labor to put somebody through, you know, like, yes, as like when Dennis was having this, like, obviously it was very concerning about him, but also like, very concerning for like your mental state so i can't imagine the way that the girls are feeling about dorothy and sophia probably you know like rose and rose and blanche are far enough removed where they could have sympathetic feelings for both of them but then it's like okay so now you just went through all this time you know super worried and anxious and now like you're living kind of on eggshells because you're so involved with this other person's well-being who you don't even like exactly you're right you're so right that blanche and rose have that they can they are removed enough that they can care about the caregivers right and that is a real i mean that's an issue as anyone knows of like you know making sure when when you are the primary caregiver caretaker for somebody going through something insane and traumatic as such as recovery from heart surgery like it's, you know, you're totally focused on them. You've completely forget to take care of yourself. So they're like concerned about Dorothy. And yeah, it's, it's a whole mess. It's just an emotional frayed mess. Yeah. And they, Blanche and, um, and Rose are such 
they're so um, well placed in this episode because yeah. it's so funny when they're uh, it's like the night before Stan's surgery and Rose is like, "Are you excited for the big day?" And yeah. it's like he's not going off to college. And then it's another. It's like very similar to Jonathan Newman and Blanche is like, "All right, let's go. Let's let's stand rest in peace." And oh like, yeah, exactly. And then like Rose is like, "We'll see you before you leave. Not for another world, just for that." <laughs> It's just one, two, three, and it is so reminiscent of that episode where they just keep stumbling over themselves. And we get to see Rose do it, which is really fun because Betty White is so naive. Or, you know, the Rose character in in Betty White plays it so well. is so naive and and (laughs) well-meaning. I love it. I love that. That whole scene. And that's the scene, that's where he, you know, confesses to Dorothy about the ridiculous amount of affairs (laughs) that he's had. And it's just like... I, I really do like the chain link convention. She's like, oh, you had an affair at the convention. It's like, no, there was no convention. I just had a affair. <laughs> Which I'm like, touche, Stan, touche. That's yeah, at good. least you're being honest, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But it's this, um, you know, I mean, again, playing right into this type of character. He needs this absolution, this like Catholic style confession, right? From this uh. woman, you know, right before this moment where he could, you know, he feels like his life might be in danger, uh, you know, of passing away. And he's like, I mean, also, how did he have a secretary? What the fuck did he do at Novelty World, you know? Yeah, great question. And also, like, this is such another example of Stan being such a fucking douchebag. It's like, you need to clear your conscience so you can feel good about it without taking a moment to think about what that's going to mean for Dorothy. Like, yep. now she's left with this. And I think that that's very, very true. And a lot of the times yes. the, the Stan doesn't mean it, just doesn't have it, like, doesn't empathize in the same way but like you're putting that again it's like emotional labor like you're putting that Mm -hmm. all on her and you get to go off with a clear conscience yeah your primary caretaker who like very well could even though you know this is why you're taking advantage you know she won't do this she very well could be like what look i was gonna take care of you but now that you told me this fuck you like i'm out you know what i mean and it's like but she doesn't do that. But to your point, she has to then go into this caretaking with that extra knowledge of that he was even shittier than she thought. I mean, and that's that's traumatic stuff. We see this back and forth of, you know, Dorothy grappling with what happened between them in the past and what is continuing to be, you know, some semblance of a sexual attraction or an emotional level attraction throughout the entire series. Um, but she's always going to have that in her mind now, right? Like it, like you said, she he just took his burden out and put it right on her shoulders. Right, which is what he's done their whole life. Like, that's what, right. you know, we that's come true. to realize. It's like, he's always just been able to turn away from the responsibility. And Dorothy's always been the type of person who will pick it up. And, yep, exactly. Um, it, it's done in, obviously, a very, very funny way here. And, and she, like, you know, is, is left to deal with it. And then, you know, it, it's just revealed that he's, been taking advantage of her for however long after you know he's recovering and then he's like playing basketball in his room and oh man i know uh, i also so ridiculous. To talk about that because um i feel like this show a couple of times has people who are faking an injury do something <laughs> that you would never do in real life like if you're watching <laughs> as, the, as the demonstration i know yeah like you might like you know, gesture when somebody makes a shot, but you don't do that. And like when Sophia, um, when the nurse is there and Sophia gets up to dance in place, like nobody does that. (laughs) It's like, they're really, they're really stretching me out the imagination with what the reveals are. (laughs) These (laughs) terrible things. Oh man. Um, yeah. (laughs) 
actually going back to his surgery i think from another emotional level just to continue that dorothy thread of like everything that he puts on her where she actually has this like surprising grief right you know like she actually was like i kind of still feel like his wife and like you know i mean and part of that is also i think that says more about stan than it does about dorothy is that like he doesn't have anybody looking after him he had the dumb bimbo who's like can't take care of herself anyway and then that's it you know i mean it's like and i think she feels like his wife because she's acting like his wife he's the one that she you know he, he runs to her She's the one he runs to. So it's, it's really interesting. But I also think that there are so many times where you do have surprising grief or surprising emotions in a really high stakes situation, which is really interesting. Um, so I kind of, I kind of like how, not only how, you know, the Dorothy character has that part, but how she names it, right. She just talks about it out loud and processes it right there for us to see as well. Yeah, I like that scene in the hospital. And I actually noted that, too, because um, it Rose says that she hates being called a widow. And, it you know, it's yeah. so final. And, and I was thinking about how that must be a very real thing. And, you know, once you are not over the grief at all, but once you have made the grief, you know, like second to, yeah. to your life, it must there must come a time where you have to sort of like force people to stop seeing you as somebody who experienced a great loss and right. start seeing you as your, as yourself. And um, I think, you know, the show does such a great job with those aspects of getting older and death and all of that. And I think that there's not a lot of media that talks about those little nuances. Like obviously right. a lot of shows address death and aging and things like that, but not in these sort of, practical broken down ways and and the scene in the hospital really struck me as as a time that we like kind of get lit in on a very intimate moment that probably happens way more than is represented yeah that's exactly right yeah i think that that's that's such a perfect line that's something you would never think about right like you just i don't know and i was thinking about that too where it's the word widow it just it just conjures up a very specific you know yeah. a very specific image i mean you know talk about big daddy's little lady a bunch of episodes <laughs> back right like you're not picturing this young woman it's the same idea of like it's a label for a very particular type of grief but also a way that people think you're going to live your life and it's not you know to rose's point it's not it's not final like that so so interesting yeah rose has a lot of she has that bit of wisdom and then she has that story about the um the sheep who wouldn't eat sleep or fall with the other sheep <laughs> <laughs> the nursery rhyme is so good oh, that's great also speaking of you know uh, funny rose stories where you have the plate that stan broke which Another by the way plate. he just left the plate there broken oh i was gonna clean that up later what the <laughs> fuck dude you clean it up then i don't care how many stitches you have jesus yeah. but the whole like he symbolically offers himself to his new bride on the plate <laughs> yeah i had a tuna fish sandwich on the plate that afternoon um it's just perfect yeah there's there's a lot of plates going around you're right yeah the saint olaf saint olaf traditions that's one of the weirdest things it's like it's so like it's so gross you know it's so um i really don't like gross humor in general like like yeah. sex jokes i don't mind as much but this show honestly like it, it does it so well because like that line for example like it's 
crazy that she would have that plate in their kitchen. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then Blanche doesn't mean to miss a beat and talks about a gravy boat. And it's yeah. just like, now you're, now you're stuck picturing yeah. a dick and balls in a gravy boat. There's no way to watch the show and watch that line and then not picture it. Like, it's like, don't picture a white elephant. You know, I mean, it's like, it's unbelievable. And it's really funny because it's so gross and sexual and it's just this great show about old ladies it's yeah perfect. and it has to be rose who keeps the plate obviously <laughs> yeah, of um, course. you know what else i wanted to say about stan is that um i feel like that's where michael comes from michael's peter pan thing yeah there you go happy birthday peter pan <laughs> i do i do love that scene it's a great cap too because um and that's a great insight that that's exactly where michael comes from oh my gosh um but like you know she's like when he he says this whole speech and again in a lesser sitcom it would be this resolution and everybody's like oh my gosh that's so amazing it's so intimate she's like oh stanley stanley you know in all the years we've been together i don't think you've ever opened up to me this way and poured out such crap it's just it is great and she's just like she's like actually you said one truthful thing like you're scared the end and like but fucking grow up already like that's it i'm kicking you out like this is how it is and she she does it with such grace she doesn't do it in this angry way which she has every right to do i mean again like just before that like i mentioned before like rose is pissed you know and blanche is like you know he's like i'm sensing a hostility blanche and she's good because i hate you <laughs> it's i mean it's it's magnificent and obviously again they're fraying at the end of the rope and dorothy is just steady and calm and cool and you think back to her in the second episode and how angry she was and how she had to control you know she couldn't control herself around stan and now she's just such the bigger person in all sorts of ways and is just talking to him like a wise old grandmother you know just like a sophia of just being like you gotta grow up the end goodbye closes the door you know and he's left to just sort of sulk in his own nonsense (laughs) Yeah, and and she kind of, it's clear that she knows her worth. And that's also really impressive because we've seen that um, building since the second episode when, you know, she gets to have her moment with him. And then later on when he, like, asks her back and she, like, is kind of flattered by it or whatever. And it just, it really is, um, you know, it's a great demonstration in, like, character development. Like, she... Yeah, knows she's too good for. Her. She knows she's where who she is and and you know what she deserves and she knows that she doesn't deserve this. Exactly, but also like she's even to talk about character development. She's even past that point, right? She's that that episode you mentioned, you know, where he basically wants her back and she's like, "I'm not the same woman I you walked out on," right? Like uh, that. She has that line, which yeah, we both <laughs> so had that emotional tie. We both talked about that when we talked about that episode of like how important that is and how magnificent and like proud we were of her as this character but now it's even beyond that because she totally knows it's not worth it right and she's sort of like is doing this of a moral code uh obligation and even though yeah she feels some ties to him she is just again she it, i i don't have another word for it than grace she's just so graceful at the end to say this is the right thing for you to do i'm removing myself emotionally because it is so obvious to everyone that you need this. And also, you know, the byproduct is you stop making me and my, my roommates nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking faker. I mean, again, he's just, his behavior is so reprehensible in this episode. Uh, and her 
reaction, even all of the girls' reactions, are so just tampered down from what they should be. It's just this perfect example of just like women are always put in this position so it's just like okay we here's another one you know um it's just uh yeah stanzi yutz he sucks yeah get out get <laughs> go, out go make this go get a pothead <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly oh man all right i think that about sums it up yep all right join us next time when we're going to discuss just exactly how many times a man can have sex in a single week <laughs> <laughs> Bye bye